I don't think I've seen that. Uh... Yes, I love you. No. Oh god, you have to go. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm probably gonna be buying the movie when Netflix takes it off. Oh yeah. I love the movie that much. Yeah, that's something I've uh, planned ahead before this whole streaming wars thing uh, happened. It's like, even though it's like I do have some films that I know are available through streaming, it's like I prefer to have the Blu-ray so that way it's like, you know, it'd be like, okay, my internet's out, I'll turn on the Blu-ray player and at least uh, have a physical copy with me as backup. It's like, that's why I'm always happy to, like, have the Mel Brooks collection, even though not all the films are available digitally. <laughs> and also, uh, it's also easy, like, when you buy the blue, uh, sub buy some Blu-rays new because they come with a digital code. So it's like, okay, I have a way to watch them digitally now. So it's like, now I have, now I officially have bought them online, which is what I did for today, uh, for, for upgrade. Or what I, when I got, first got it, because, like, I, I knew I bought it this year. It's just that it was, like, early. Uh, earlier on like probably when the pandemic started Either that or maybe i'll also watch like ratatouille because that's also one of my favorite movies oh yeah i'm like oh yeah I'm like I, I think any, i think anything brad bird does is like perfect so yeah like I, like have you ever seen iron giant mm -mm. i am excited because i get to show you that for the first <laughs> time oh my god anyways hey everybody welcome to another session of thumbs up or down you decide i'm eric Chappelle. i'm melissa leach and today we are going to be discussing uh, one of my favorite science fiction films from the last decade and independent action films that I've seen that really impressed me that I'm so glad I got to see when I did. Upgrade. This was Leigh Wannell, the guy who did The Invisible Man. Uh, this was the film that he did before that. I first, uh, I gotta say, I first heard about this film, like, uh, back when Double Toasted did a review of the trailer when it popped up, because I didn't know uh, anything about the trailer yet. Have you seen the trailers for this film before <laughs> watching it? Okay, uh, let's just say there's a, you'll know what I, I'm talking about. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that moment, it's like, I saw them react to that, and so I'm like, okay, I gotta watch the trailer before I listen to them talk about this, and uh, it's one of those films that I'm so glad delivered on every aspect of it. Uh, this is one of my favorite independent science, uh, independent films of the last ten years. That scene in particular, my heart stopped. Literally with my reaction, and I literally did not know I was speechless for a good five ten seconds i was like i think every time i watch wow. that whether it's like on my phone when i'm watching the trailer or even when i'm watching the movie it's like i just i, I always yell out it's like damn <laughs> like even earlier today when i was watching the film beforehand to prepare myself it's like i was like oh damn. yeah i was like Jesus i was like it's like Christ. man you took joker's advice seriously you want to put a <laughs> smile on everyone's face that Jesus way Christ. that movie completely had me i was like Holy yeah shit. it yeah, the way some people looked at it, it's like, they were saying it's like, oh, it's one part Six Million Dollar Man, one part Death Wish. For me, even though Upgrade came out first, was mm -hmm. this definitely reminded a lot of people of Venom. Especially considering okay. this film's star, Logan Marshall Green, looks so much like Tom Hardy. But after watching this film, I'm like, no, this is Logan Marshall Green's film. It's like, no, anybody who says like he's discount Tom Hardy is like, obviously needs to watch this movie and say, I was wrong. 
for for those wondering, it's like why I make a comparison with Venom. It's like it's that whole concept of this film about a man who had everything had a uh, he he was in a good marriage, mm-hmm. uh, was living a good life as a repairman, mm-hmm. or at least living a good job that he loves, and then you know some freak accident or an auto mechanic. But I mean, like uh, trying to compare it to to Venom, it's like it's about this guy who like everything's going well for them, but then it's like one little incident kind of brings everything tumbling down. Uh, this parasite that latches onto them, like. In Venom's case, it's the symbiote, but in Upgrade's case, it's uh, the chip stem. Mm-hmm. A, they got a chance to like regain, or at least uh, get revenge for the people that ruined their lives. Mm. Uh, we'll go further into Venom, but it's like, to talk about Upgrade, this film does it so excellently well, and even watching it today, because there are a couple things where, uh, with what today's standards have been, it's like, it definitely made me appreciate it a lot more, because they can, like, oh wow, they really were ahead of the game. <laughs> Especially considering there's a moment where they do have a deadly sneeze and it, coronavirus. It, it put a different spin on deadly disease, or deadly yeah. sneeze, I'm not gonna lie. Reminder to everybody, cover, uh, wear a mask and cover your mouth. Yes, please, thank you. You filthy animals. <laughs> One of the things that I definitely loved about Logan Marshall Green's performance is how he really, like, tried to make his movements as stiff and accurate as possible, like a robot really was controlling his body. And that adds on to a bit of the horror mm-hmm. aspect uh, that creeps in with this film. Like, the fact that an AI is in control of your body and you also have to negotiate with it. It's like, that's unsettling, because that's like Hal 9000 living in your neck. One of the things that I definitely appreciate, because this he definitely made me realize how good of an actor he really is because prior to this movie the only thing i'd actually seen him in was the oc as ryan's brother and his brother was definitely not the best guy i mean he acted him very very well in 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 that in that role but yeah his character wasn't exactly the best so when i saw him in a completely different light in this movie i was very very much impressed I also am writing up, he also played the first Shocker in Spider-Man Homecoming. The guy never, that Michael Keaton kills. I've never actually seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, By I, the way, people are probably going to hear that those words come out of my mouth a lot because there are a lot of movies I have not seen. That's going to be your catchphrase. I've never seen that yet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a film major, but yes, there's a lot of movies I have not seen. So I'm literally catching up with my, my film history here. I was definitely impressed by the acting, both physically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he was. there were times when he was really freaking out, and you could tell he was scared. I'm not gonna lie, the first time I saw this movie, when he was just like, he's just sitting there, and his mom's giving him, like, a haircut, I actually felt that, because I'm like... That is definitely one of my biggest fears, like, having no control over anything whatsoever and uh, look down upon for it. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I think that's another reason why this film works so well, is that it just really encapsulates that feeling just from, like, that one shot alone. Like, that definitely shows you just, well, like, not just the power of the acting, but even the the cinematography and the sound editing as one well. One of the reasons why I definitely like this movie was because of the fact that, quite frankly, I definitely related to his character because of the fact that, personally, I could not live in a world that was completely ruled by technology the way it is, being completely free from a wheelchair. I mean, I literally could not live in a world that was just completely, you know, controlled by technology in general. You couldn't cook, you couldn't, 
you know, easily at least, when, when your entire kitchen is like a rocket ship, okay, an environment like that when, when everything is controlled by, by electronics. I mean, I mean, I literally couldn't live in a world like that, just having to be dependent on, because I'm very, very independent, so having to, the thought of having to even rely on technology, to, um, it's, that would honestly just bother the crap out of me with his body and, and not being able to even move it at all, aside for his neck, that would bother me even more because I, I just, I, I couldn't live, literally live like that. I couldn't live that wheelchair bound. I really could not even being able to, to, to move my arms to be able to like tap or anything like that. I mean, that would literally be the, that, that is like the worst kind of suffering to me. And especially uh, for someone like me who, you know, having Asperger's syndrome. So it's like sometimes communication can be a little bit difficult. Mm -hmm. So that thought especially can really haunt me, especially like uh, that scene where he's trying to commit suicide and the computer obviously isn't going to let him, but instead calls the hospital and just seeing that suffering of like, there's no way out of this. Like, and he can't convince anybody to help him. It's like, you know, being stuck in your own little hell or oh, yeah. purgatory or whatever. It and you can't do anything about it. You literally can't even kill yourself. No. Like, people, you, like, you don't realize the situation he's in. Like, I cannot yeah. blame him for wanting to do what he's doing. Literally got no one in his life except for his mom. Mm-hmm. On top of that, he's literally living wheelchair bound. No word. It's like and the people who that are supposed to help him, like Detective Cortez, played by Betty Grable. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's like she's trying to do what she can, it's like it's not what he wants specifically. Oh yeah, like I said, you're 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 literally taking a man and just completely making him paralyzed by by his own life. Paralyzed, frustrated, and hopeless. Oh yeah. The even for a film that it's like because uh, this was also done through Blumhouse. Uh, Jason Blum's kind of like the modern day. Uh, I, I've kind of made comments about how like he's the modern day Roger Corman, okay. where he works on low budgets but still gets films recognized, mostly by newcomers sometimes, uh, depending on your take. Uh, and this is one of those films where it's like for a film on a budget of three million dollars, it really used itself very nicely, especially with the action scenes. Oh yeah, like all. <laughs> I love that this line. Is, this is a movie, like, to, to comment on where you're going with, this is definitely a movie that proves that not needing to be, not needing to use fancy CGI or anything like that. Sometimes no, the, you good need acting. And stunt yeah. effort in your stunt work. Like, yeah. like even the, the one scene uh, in the trailer, like what we talk about, um, like even from that brief moment, it's like that gave me an impression of like, okay, the action's pretty good. And it's also kind of funny as well because you got this guy who's like obviously doing all these crazy tricks, but it's like he can't do anything about it. So he's reacting so weirdly like, Ugh! like I love the one shot where he's like, it kind of looks like he just nonchalantly whacks the guy with the plate after he's like steadily wobbling. Like he's, he has no resistance. Like uh. he's like, yeah. And like I said, just the fact that they, they like... I also want to bet it's like, uh, before, uh, not to cut you off, but it's like, I want to bet that the guy who was voicing Stem, uh, Simon Madden, it's like, I want to imagine that before he even came onto the scene, I imagine that maybe Stem was being, uh, at the onset being played by the director, just like reading the script, so that way it's like, uh, but I just love the, the commentary that it has, like, oh, he's got a knife! Well, guess what? We have one as well. (laughs) (laughs) While I am advanced, I'm not a ninja also brings up the, the importance of also the storyline mm-hmm. and the development of characters. So, I mean, with, with, with this, like I said, the storyline was definitely there. My take on with, with CGI, it's it kind of 
like sex scenes in films or nudity. Sex scenes and nudity really should not be added into a film unless it's helping to move the storyline. Sometimes too much of it can ruin it. Only add it if it's going to advance the story. It just, it, there's no reason for it to be added. Yes, sex sells, but come on. And like I said, with CGI, it's the same concept. Too much of it can ruin a film. It's, it's like I said, I, I tend to compare like all three of those in like kind of one category of only include CGI, only include nudity, only include sex scenes if it's there to actually support and forward the story and if it's needed, absolutely necessary. Because um, like I said, in all th the three of those, they're not always necessary in a storyline. So with this, this is definitely one film where the CGI was, was added, but it was necessary for the storyline. It wasn't too much, but also wasn't too little, given, given the storyline and stuff like that. That I completely agree with you on. And it's also another one of the reasons why I this is the film that Venom should have been, because mm. Venom focuses, I mean, I mean, granted it's a superhero film, but, and so yeah. obviously CGI is going to be involved, but it's like, when you use so much of it, it's like, it ends up to the point where it's like, looks kind of sloppy, I can't tell what's yeah. going on. Whereas this one, you got people realizing it's like, oh hey, we could take the camera back a bit and actually see what's going on. Yeah, so this was this was definitely a film where you don't necessarily need CGI or nudity or sex scenes in order to make a film good. It just requires good acting. That and, and... careful good acting. Mm -hmm. And I was also happy that it wasn't afraid to pull punches. Like mm. it, it, this is a violent film, and it makes no apology for it. <laughs> And I Although love I'm not, it. I'm Every not gonna bit lie, of it. When they were cutting open into the body, it was, I'm not gonna, people be a little bit forewarned. Um, this, the, the, it can get a bit, um, gory. A little bit. Um, there's a particular scene where they're, they're cutting open into a human being. I think it was right after he kills the guy, after he goes into his house, there's a guy, and they end up realizing that there's wires all throughout his body. Actually, there's two particular scenes I, where... I, I, it took me a while to realize. It's like, okay, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the, the, the scene where they're implanting the thing into his body the very first time. And on top of that, the other scene where they're cutting into the guy. And, and like I said, even some of the violent scenes. If you cannot handle blood and violence, do not watch this film. I also kind of want to say that it kind of a little bit in a way kind of reminded me of um, Terminator. Oh, with the fact that the world is being controlled and the fact that these these uh, robots are literally trying to take over humans and things like that and make them extinct to the point where it's literally just robots controlling living in this world aspect. That makes perfect sense, actually. And yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, the more I think about it, this could have this could have definitely worked as like a sort of like a, a pseudo prequel to Terminator, at, um, least, at least in that universe. And because I mean, you've got the, the one of the main characters, the main guy who created the, the program in the first place, who mm -hmm. uh, was being controlled by the thing, but was also trying to stop the thing because of the fact that it's taking over the world and then you've got like i said this this one guy who's in in a sense kind of like sarah connor a lot of stuff by hand may not have kids they just lost his wife due to the system and he's literally trying to get her her, her back or at least revenge her death and like i said it's, it's and as a robot companion to help along the way in some form 
but kind of in so, this case yeah. the robots in the skin i don't love the ending but i don't hate it yeah it was definitely uh, a plot twist I, I loved it for like what i was mentioning further about how like like i said it does not pull any punches it's like no oh, you, yeah. you are you're getting what reality is you're not getting like a hollywood ending i don't know if it was necessarily a satisfying ending but it was definitely a very intriguing and blunt ending so yeah be uh be forewarned a lot of violence a lot of gore <laughs> and if that's your thing sign up for it and on top of that not exactly the the hollywood happy ending that you're that you're looking for the, ho- the, hollywood, the hollywood ending is more for venom because then it shows like the entity and the human are best friends <laughs> We might do Venom sooner, because like, like, there's some things that I definitely want to dig back into. Intrigue, bluntness, not holding back. Like I said, it, it, I definitely liked the movie, but I've got mixed feelings about... I don't, I don't even know if I want to say mixed feelings, but I definitely... I don't know how I feel about the ending. Like I said, it, yeah, it, it it's definitely Yeah, it's definitely a morbid conclusion. Um, yeah. But I'm also glad because uh, we don't normally get that many uh, morbid endings with these kind of films. I, I, I was kind of satisfied because I was like... Because, like I said, it, it had the balls to say, it's like, no, this is the reality you face. Mm. This definitely changed my opinion of Leigh Whannell around because uh, he's worked on the Insidious films and some of the Saw mm. films as well. Uh, he okay. actually directed Insidious Chapter 3. Oh, a Saw film as well? Uh, he wrote the first three films with uh, James Wang. Saw, you mean? Yeah, Saw. Oh, wow. Okay. And then he was uh, a co-writer okay, for... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, he was a co-writer for Insidious uh, up until the fourth movie, and he directed the third film as his directorial debut. Upgrade definitely changed my opinion around of him in terms of his directing. And then later on, because that, that, that led me to seeing The Invisible Man, and I thought that was great film, but I dare even say that was one of my favorite remakes. Uh, I, I don't know if I use this term or not, but one, one of the terms that I actually wanted to use when it came to, to the, um, the scenes that I was talking about as far as like them cutting open and, and showing, the, one, the term that I was going to use was graphic. If you cannot handle graphic violence, don't watch this. When you're, as you're saying, like, who directed it, it's making sense as to why it is so graphic, because admittedly, anyone who's seen the Saw films, I've never seen a city, so I can't have an opinion on that. But They're more of to, ghost stories, really. Okay. When it comes to um, Saw, I have seen every single one of them, and anyone who's seen them knows how graphic those movies are. They, they are definitely very graphic, they're definitely very violent, and they're definitely gory, but graphic is definitely more, uh, a term I would use, and this this movie is definitely on the side of being graphic when it comes to the violence, the way Saw was. Uh, maybe even, maybe a little bit even held back, because like, with Saw, it was like every 15 minutes you saw a lot of graphic mm-hmm. things. Um, but yeah. it wasn't, like, the center focus of, like, why you need to see the film. Oh, no. Um, so, yeah, after mentioning, after you mentioning who directed it and I, the, the writing and all that stuff, I'm realizing, okay, that makes sense as to why it was as graphic as it was. As I'm reading this, is like, apparently he's also in talks with Blumhouse to direct uh, a remake of The Wolfman. And guess who they're considering to star that? Ryan Gosling. City of Wolves. <laughs> Are you coming just for me? Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
If but... that happens, I am going to be so ecstatic. <laughs> I mean, I like Ryan Gosling. I'm just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but overall, with, uh, with Upgrade, uh, I am definitely been one of my favorite films of the last decade. Uh, I really love going back and revisiting this film and showing it to people who haven't seen it. Uh, like, not only just, like, a great cult mm -hmm. uh, indie action film, but also one of the smarter indie films we've gotten lately that definitely uh, has something to say about, like, technology uh, in a manner that feels, while a little fantastical, not too far off. And I think that that's what plays in, like, the horror aspect that I love about it. So okay. definitely something that I'd say de get a chance to check it out. And if it's available to stream wherever it ends up, because I don't know if it is available to stream right now, if renting is the only way to do it, definitely do it. I can definitely honestly see I, I did like it. It was definitely interesting. It was definitely one that I liked. So, yeah. Uh, I'm hoping his directing of uh, robotic movements translates into Ryan Gosling's wolf. Because I mean, I do... I'm sorry, I do love The Matrix, and I mm -hmm. don't know if this movie really replaces The Matrix for me when it comes to, like, technologically driven and, and getting your, your mind out of your body and all that stuff movies, but I, I will admit I like this movie better than I like Terminator. I'm not a big Terminator person, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't hate the movie. I'm just I'm not as big of a fan I'll, of Terminator as I'll the say of my this: family. it's better than the Terminator sequels, except for two. Well, except I'm not really. But but I can understand. Two. Right, and I can understand that. Like for me, it's like I'm I'm actually one of those people who prefers the first one over the second one. I like how this one is more on the side of like you know it's a little bit more darker and it's not the ending you expect. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. My perspective, I just I think that the reason why I was never really big on Terminator is because as a kid I was just like, okay, this freaking robot won't die. I'm over this. That's literally just my, that was just my thought was okay. I'm over I this. I am thing. inevitable. This this this, this. <laughs> and the goddamn film. I'm good. Yeah. I, I mean that was just literally my, my 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 take on it. And then they came out with others, and I'm like, God damn it. When will this shit end? It it's a just, different artist. <laughs> that was mostly because, like I said, I don't have a problem with the acting in the films. I, I, I definitely think they're, they're all good actors. It's just the concept of a robot and he just won't die. I'm like, okay, people, come on. But, so yeah, that, was, that honestly I think was my biggest issue with Terminator. But I mean, I think with Terminator, um, a lot of it also it was, was very plot or story driven. So you really can't have that without the plot itself mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons I'm like okay I know a lot of people love Terminator but I'm like eh, this movie more than I like Terminator and that's okay. and, and, that, and I, I know like I said a lot of people are going to hate me for saying that it's just like, I don't know the concept um, well I, that'll I, be, yeah, that, that should motivate people to watch Upgrade and see it. it's like okay is it true and if they finish <laughs> it and say yeah she's right then mission accomplished <laughs> so Go watch Upgrade and prove us wrong, <laughs> losers. I could get on board with the storyline of a guy takes his chip because he's suffering and the fact that he literally has no way out. He literally uses a chip to try and make it to where the, the guys who are held responsible get killed. Mm -hmm. In the end, that I can get on board with a lot more than the storyline for Terminator. Just, yeah. And I've lost pa I'm sorry, I've lost patience with them trying to kill the robot. <laughs> I've lost patience, I'm sorry. If that's the case, you're not going to like Commando, because they they, those people can't shoot for shit. It's like, 
How are you not hitting a muscular tall guy? <laughs> it's not that hard. Just aim your gun. <laughs> So I think that's one of the reasons, that probably the only reason why I'm preferring upgraded Terminator and why I'm not one of the people that's that's the Terminator following of, oh my god, best sci-fi, eh, eh, not for Yeah, me. I... <laughs> not for me. Yeah, this, uh, I, I definitely think, like, even though there are other sci-fi films that I've seen within the last decade, this definitely, I would say, is my favorite. There, there, there are definitely more I would like to discuss in further detail. Arrive, uh, a lot of the stuff by Denis Villeneuve, especially like, the, oh, like, uh, at, like having seen Tenet in theaters, like here in Las Vegas, like I, we got to see like brief, uh, a brief clip of, um, uh, of it before like the trailer pops up on September 9th. and mm -hmm. I gotta say, I am excited for that, even though I'm not a Timothy Chalamet fan. It's like this trailer convinced me. It's like, no, go watch the movie. Mm. Screw your bias. Give this a chance. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say that. Oh, no, I didn't think you were afraid to say that. I just... I'm not against as against Timothy Shaw. I mean, I mind you, he's not my favorite actor, and I'm not obsessed with him like everyone else seems to be. Neither am I. It's like, I, I can see him be good. It's just that... It's just with films like Call Me By Your Name, it's like, I just... I, I just look at this guy and I'm thinking, like, I'm bored by you. I, I didn't mind his character in Little Women. I really didn't. Um, uh, definitely better acting. I'll, um, I'll take your word for it. Uh, I haven't seen mind it. Mind you, not the best, but better. Compared to Lady Bird, and mind you, I have only seen Lady Bird once, I think, once or twice, but I don't remember his character that strongly in Lady Bird. I just remember he was a dick. Funny enough, for that co-life class, I actually had to read him during the read, uh, table read, and I'm like, really? I had to read this little puke? <laughs> you are man you're just honest i love it um but it's yeah i'm i'm not uh, as against him i definitely see him getting better but we'll, we'll see what happens with that but overall upgrade yeah i, I it, it was it was a thumbs up for me yep and that's our take on upgrade uh Check it out and tell us what you think in the comments below. And if you want, uh, follow me at Instagram uh, at, uh, or on Twitter at SpiffDico. That's S-B-I-F-F-D-I-C-O. And uh, do you want to plug any social media here? Um, I actually just recently deleted my Facebook, and no, I'm not getting back on it because I don't regret doing that at all. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm, I meant the ones you still have that are... But when it comes to Instagram, uh, I my handle is uh, Melissa K. Leach, just... M-E-L-I-S-S-A, the letter K, and then Leech. L-E-C-H. Be sure to check out more of our stuff uh, through oh, the rest of... I'm going to try and be more active on Twitter, but right now I'm trying to work on uh, getting a lot more active on Instagram, so you're, you're probably better off just uh, sending me a direct message on Instagram. All right, and with that, that has been our discussion on Lane Wennell's Upgrade. And until next time, I'm Eric Trapel. I'm Liz Leach. And we will hear from you guys next time. Take care.